Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 15 and 46, on pages 357 and 397, respectively. Lord, who shall dwell in thy tabernacle, or who shall rest upon thy holy hill? Even he that leadeth an uncorrupt life, and doeth the thing which is right, and speaketh the truth from his heart. He that hath used no deceit in his tongue, nor done evil to his neighbor, and hath not slandered his neighbor. He that setteth not by himself, but is lowly in his own eyes, and maketh much of them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth unto his neighbor, and disappointeth him not, though it were to his own hindrance. He that hath not given up his money upon usury, nor taken reward against the innocent. Whoso doeth these things shall never fall. God is our hope and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will we not fear, though the earth be moved and though the hills be carried in the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof rage and swell, and though the mountains shake at the tempest of the same. There is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most Highest. God is in the midst of her, and therefore shall she not be removed. God shall help her, and that right early. The nations make much ado, and the kingdoms are moved. But God hath showed his voice, and the earth shall melt away. The Lord of hosts is with us. 
The God of Jacob is our refuge. O come hither, and behold the works of the Lord, what destruction he hath brought upon the earth. He maketh wars to cease in all the world. He breaketh the bow, and nappeth the spear in sunder, and burneth the chariots in the fire. Be still then, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 19th verse of the third chapter of the book of Daniel. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him, and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies, that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other god who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. 
He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 17th verse of the 22nd chapter of the book of Acts. Now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple, that I was in a trance, and saw him saying to me, Make haste, and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. So I said, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those you believe who believed on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by, consenting to his death, and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then he said to me, Depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. And they listened to him until this word, and then they raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he is not fit to live. Then as they cried out and tore off their clothes and threw dust into the air, the commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks and said that he should be examined under scourging so that he might know why they shouted so against him. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said to the centurion who stood nearby, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? When the centurion heard that, he went and told the commander, saying, Take care what you do, for this man is a Roman. Then the commander came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman? He said, Yes. The commander answered, With a large sum I obtained this citizenship. And Paul said, But I was born a citizen. Then immediately those who were about to examine him withdrew from him. And the commander was also afraid after he found out that he was a Roman and because he had bound him. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us and grant us thy salvation o lord save the state and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee and do thy ministers with righteousness and make thy chosen people joyful 
O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, who has prepared for those who love thee such good things as past man's understanding, pour into our hearts such love toward thee, that we, loving thee above all things, may obtain thy promises which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through Jesus Christ, through, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. Our lessons tonight um, ask uh, a couple of questions. One is, as we read in the Psalms, and the Psalms are a great gateway into the lessons, um, they have to, have to do with the, uh, the movability or immovability of, of um, startling things. And so, you know, we've been tracing in our psalm readings lately this trend of, um, of the, the, sometimes the riddle that uh, haunts the Psalter of uh, reflecting on how at times it seems as though the unrighteous seem to flourish, while, whereas the righteous suffer. Um, and, you know, in the circumstances of the world, it can seem as though the anointed ones or the faithful ones of God are punished uh, and are, are, are become an example of of ridicule to those who kind of throw it in God's face and say, well, God must not be seeing because uh, we're doing fine and you're seeming to have the hardest time here. And that, you know, that, that is a riddle that perplexes uh, people who strive after faithfulness in every generation. And so for us, you know, looking at our, our psalmist tonight, um, he's processing this riddle through the, through the lens of immovable things, startlingly immovable things. And the, the image that comes out of uh, the psalmist tonight is, of course, though the hills be cast in the middle of the sea, and though the tempest of the same rage thereof, uh, there is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of God. The poetic imagery here actually derives from um, ancient Near Eastern um, sort of uh, sacred poetry, particularly of the Babylonians, um, and the, uh, particularly their, um, the, the sort of ancient Mesopotamian uh, creation epic, the Enuma Elish, which gets absorbed into the, um, the, the epic of Gilgamesh, uh, the greater kind of um, sort of sacred text of the Babylonians where Daniel is being uh, housed right now. Uh, and so it's a, it's, it's a polemical statement. It's a, it's a way of kind of, 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 of commenting critically against the mythology of the Babylonians and which a lot of the Psalms do. And it has to do with the idea that in Babylonian uh, theology, there's there's only chaos at the foundation of things, and that whatever order there is and whatever peace there is 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 an accident of of what is fundamentally chaos. Um, and in contrast to it, they you know the you know and this is built around the idea, of course, that Babylon is situated on a notoriously unpredictable river, um, that that as much as it provides, uh, you know, uh, like life to people, it destroys them just as capably. And the the idea is, is that the stream of God, um, the, you know, the is, is a peaceful river. It is a river that makes glad 
the city of God. Not doesn't vex it in the same way that the rivers of the Babylonians vex them and uh, down to their firmament. And so as we go into Daniel, we really see that polemic at play here, that these episodes with Daniel and the wise men interpreting the dream and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, not uh, surviving the fiery furnace, uh, these are all, um, you know, behind the scenes commentaries on and uh, and demonstrations of the power of the one true God of the Israelites over and against uh, the supposed gods of the Babylonians. And Nebuchadnezzar notes this at least twice. But um, in our progression here, he has acknowledged that the God of Daniel, who interpreted his dream where no one else could, is the true God. And he is above all gods who alone can reveal these things and yet uh, took exactly the wrong reading of Daniel's interpretation of his dream and it erected a great uh, blasphemous uh, image that he made everyone bow down to. And now when people refuse to do this, it comes to a point of contest again between his gods and the God of these Israelites that he has in his captivity, their, his so-called victory over their God. And so once again, that God triumphs in the lesson tonight uh, and uh, as he brings him out, Nebuchadnezzar gets it one, again for the second time, says, ah, yes, the God of, of Daniel and of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, these are, this is the one true God and let no one ever say anything against him. But Nebuchadnezzar will again do this when in chapter, uh, in chapter four, um, he vaunts himself as like the one who has established himself and has forgotten the dream, has forgotten the furnace and will do this again. And God will say, I thought we'd been through this before and will humble him in the face of all his people, taking this great king of kings and making him like a beast of the field. So keep in mind that this is a battle among uh, this is a this is a, a sort of a battle among the gods, as it were. And the God of Israel is continually victorious. As we move into um, uh, the thornier question that this brings us as we go into Paul's episode here is that whereas Daniel is in a clearly pagan context and there's a kind of battle of these these notions of God that comes down to a proof, you know, comes down to the proof, the contest of whether someone will survive the furnace or not. So Paul is describing his own experience in Jerusalem as this great crucible experience. Um, and then, you know, in the in, as he's delivering this address to the audience, the the Jewish men of Jerusalem, and says, you know, the Lord says, you know, depart from here. And he says, ah, but how shall I depart from here? I must, you know, these, you know, I must proclaim your your gospel to these people who have slaughtered the prophets and who have slaughtered your witness, Stephen, which I gave my assent to. Like, how can I, can, how can I, how, where can I go from here? Um, and so has this intense encounter in the in the midst of what is supposed to be the the temple city of the true God. And so it's it's this the scathing commentary we see tonight that Paul is delivering over Jerusalem that the place that is supposedly the home of God has become vacated and that God is out among his people in the field and the temple city is bereft of that presence. And so what it is for us as we meditate on this tonight is, um, is that sometimes the battle of the gods, as it were, the battle of between a false god and the real god takes place in obvious forms like Daniel in Babylon. Um, you know, and, and our daily faithfulness is the thing that enables us to remain in communion with the true God who always is victorious over the raging of the false gods of this world, wherever, whatever form they take. And yet, perhaps more scarily, we can sometimes find a much more subtle battle of the real God and the false gods um, within the halls of sacred, supposedly sacred space, within even all of the halls of the church. And as church people, we cannot uh, let it, we cannot cease to be vigilant that uh, when in every prayer we are being, we are being re, um, sort of reoriented toward the one true God 
and in doing so are renouncing and allowing him to conquer all the false gods of our life that there is a battle of the gods that still rages and it was waged in the battle lines of all of our hearts and so every time we pray we don't pray to god as we imagine him to be we pray to god as he knows himself to be now we pray that god would replace always the image that we have in our heart with the real thing with his true presence that we don't become like jerusalem bereft of his presence but rather that his holy spirit continually brings us into into communion with the god who is the god who was for daniel who is for paul who is for us and whoever shall be so as we are in prayer tonight let us pray that um, that we come to love god even more uh, not as we know him but as he knows himself to be Continuing with our intercession on page 590, remembering as we do those for whom we are praying. Let us pray. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities, for his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. O Lord, support us all the day long, until the shadows lengthen and the evening comes, and the busy world is hushed, and the fever of life is over, and our work is done. Then, in thy mercy, grant us a safe lodging and a holy rest, and peace at the last, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for being here tonight, and thanks to Robert, my uh, co-leader tonight. Hope you all have a wonderful evening. See you at church on Sunday. Thank you, Father Hayden. Thank you so much, both of you. Have a good Saturday night. Have a good night, everybody.